The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. Bobby Payne, and welcome back to our two-part series on worship. Today we are discussing worshiping in spirit and in truth, so this will be episode 17B. Uh, With me today is Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton back with us to talk about worship. Gentlemen, welcome back. Glad to have you again. Thanks for having us, sir. Um, Before we head into today's topic, Johnny is going to give us a quick recap of what we covered last week as worship, um, as warfare, and then we will start talking about our new stuff today. So go ahead, Johnny. Yeah, so basically we just talked about how worship is both a defensive mechanism and an offensive mechanism in regards to the enemy that we have spiritual enemy as Ephesians 6 says and we spent some time talking from Joshua 6 we talked about first Samuel 17 these instances where we see the battle belonging to the Lord second Chronicles 20 uh, those instances in regards to worship being an act of warfare and we believe that because worship is more than just what we sing it's more than just gathering on Sundays Uh, because the enemy doesn't rest all week until 1030 and then be like, okay, now is the time to fight. And so we talked about how in all that we do, whether we are gathering with our family around a dinner table, whether we are alone in our room as we go to bed at night or as we wake up in the morning, whatever we do, it's time to worship the Lord because he's worthy of it because he's the only one who can fight the battle in a way that he actually conquers and wins. And so we, we spent some time just emphasizing that God is worthy of our praise because Jesus has conquered uh, the enemy victoriously and he's putting every enemy underneath his feet. And we, we also said that worship reminds us to remove exaltation of self and place it on Christ. And so uh, we used all those examples to point us to that reality and to know that everywhere we go, we are claiming the Lordship of Christ. Mm-hmm. And as yes. good ambassadors yes. of Jesus, we're going and announcing his Lordship wherever we might go, whether it be in uh, a political arena, whether it be at a public school, whether it be in our homes at night, uh, and especially in our churches. Every time we gather, we are saying Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Mm-hmm. So if you missed that, we encourage you to go back and check that out before you finish up this one. Um, of course, we'd like you to listen to all of them, but uh, these kind of go hand in hand. So check that one out if you haven't already. And we will continue on right now with what we're talking about today. Again, worship in spirit and truth. So here we go. What does that look like? We I've heard that. I mean, you hear that a lot, but worship in spirit and truth. What does that look like? What do we mean when we're talking about spirit and truth? Sure. To worship in spirit and truth, you must first be in the spirit. Right, Uh, it goes in the name, Uh, but you know. Wait, what? You're welcome. Yeah, that's. that's, I'll just stop right there. Um, But no, you you must be born again, is what the scripture says. And when we think 
when we think about that truth, we think of the quintessential text, and that is John chapter 3, where, uh, when Jesus is speaking, um, and, and, and he's telling uh, all of his audience exactly what it means to be born again. It says in chapter 3, verses 5, um, yeah, and we'll just do 6 through 8 as well here. It says, Truly, truly, Jesus answered, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So to even be into to even be into this, to even be into the kingdom, even to have worship that is satisfactory to God, we must be born again. And that which is born of flesh is flesh. So this is how we're born naturally, right? We come into this earth, we're born of the flesh. But it takes more than that to be into the kingdom. We must be born again. But that and Scripture says, and Jesus continues that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So, so obviously what we think about is to, to enter into the kingdom means we enter in God's way by His grace. And, and so what Jesus is referring to when He's illustrating by the wind here is the fact that um, many of us heard the gospel many times before God called us to himself. And it wasn't just the time that, boom, you know, we, we finally understood it mentally or, you know, we're really serious about it. It was the moment that he brought us to life that we accepted that gospel. This is why we're born again. And this is why at Eden Chapel, even though it's, you know, uh, sadly in the Christian world, it's, it's controversial, but it shouldn't be. We, we give God all the glory, all the credit for his sovereign work in our lives. Because we believe without that, without being born again, we are eternally lost. So we, we forfeit the very beginning of that proclamation if we've never been born again. Amen. Um, in chapter 4, uh, Jesus is speaking with the, good, uh, with the Samaritan woman, not the good Samaritan, the Samaritan <laughs> woman. Um, and uh, to contrast that with uh, chapter 3, speaking to Nicodemus, if you put... Uh, the two on the religious uh, perspective, uh, they're both complete opposites. Um, Nicodemus was a Pharisee and uh, leader of the Pharisees. And uh, the Samaritan woman uh, who Jesus went to, uh, she was, um, not only was she, had she had five husbands, but the person she was with was not her husband. And, um, but both of them, what I would say, um, both of them were equally uh, in need of a Savior. Both of them in the, equally in need of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, when he spoke to the woman at the well, um, I'll just read, uh, starting in verse 21. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Uh, Just to reiterate what Aaron said, uh, spirit being someone who is born again. Someone who has um, 
been delivered from their sin by Jesus Christ. Um, somebody who has put their trust and faith in Jesus. As we uh, spoke today, um, uh, justification, salvation is faith alone in Christ alone by grace alone. Um, that is the only way to worship God in spirit is to be in spirit. Uh, the truth being uh, God's word, uh, God, uh, Jesus Christ, who Jesus is, uh, uh, is the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Uh, Jesus Christ being uh, the truth. Um, we worship Jesus Christ uh, in spirit. And so that's, uh, that's what I would say about uh, uh, worshiping in spirit and truth. Right. And when we think about in spirit, we think about well, the Holy Spirit as well. So the Holy Spirit is testifying to who Jesus is. And so the Holy Spirit's essential for not only our salvation and regenerating us, but in also helping us properly worship Jesus and point us to him. Uh, I think about, you know, Ephesians five, don't be drunk on wine for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Holy spirit. And then it says to encourage one another with Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. And so the Holy spirit is also um, essential in uh, how we worship because he's always going to be pointing us to the truth that Jesus laid out this understanding of who Jesus is. I mean, I just spent time talking to our children and children's ministry this morning is Jude was reminding believers the truth about Jesus. And so we had to kind of back up in catechism and kind of redefine once again, make sure we understand, okay, well, who is Jesus? Because, you know, we want to remind our kids that yes, Jesus was, is the son of God. And he is, uh, he was fully God and fully man when he came. And, you know, we want them to understand those truths because when we worship, uh, we don't want to worship, you know, in sincerity, but be wrong in our truth. And so, uh, we have to, that's why both those things are so important. Yeah. yeah. They, they're, they're, <clears throat> excuse me. They're not mutually exclusive. They're that conjunctions in there and it is, and it's not a work. Cause you can be sincerely wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah, for sure. And, and we see tons of examples of that in the Bible. Uh, one really quickly, I'll kind of throw in there. Um, when I was thinking about this topic and kind of going through, um, scripture and just reading some stuff on it. Uh, one thing I, read and I thought it was so appropriate was from Matthew if we go to Matthew chapter 15 we've got um, Jesus once again doing what Jesus does and and just absolutely dropping the mic on the Pharisees and the scribes and, and I think you know for the scribes and the Pharisees they believed they were doing it the right way right sure. and, and and if we were to break the this phrase apart spirit and truth we could we could probably say they got the truth part right a lot of times because they were so um, just bent on knowing what the law said, but they were missing the spirit part. And so uh, if if you're in Matthew chapter 15, really quickly, let me uh, just read this to you. It says, Then the Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. Okay, so like... Again, a tradition or a rule that the disciples weren't doing uh, the way that the scribes and the Pharisees thought they should have been done. And then here's Jesus answering, and he says, Well, then, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever uh, reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or mother what you 
I'm sorry, what you would have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said this? And then he he quotes scripture here. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. That's ouch. (laughs) That's ouch. Okay. And so that's what I, that's, that is like where my mind went when we said we were going to kind of talk about this topic is, um, you know, in the spirit, a lot of times people get all emotional and loose and there's no truth because we just told you and we just discussed how the spirit um, is led by God, the Holy Spirit. You can't be in the spirit and truth. You can't worship that way if you're not in the spirit. And so there's that one extreme, just an emotional mess. Mm-hmm. And then the other extreme is this dry, joyce- joylessness, legalistic type mm-hmm. attitude that these scribes and Pharisees had. Yeah, and so when Jesus is quoting Isaiah, I want to back up real quick to Isaiah chapter 1. And, man, this is... So the the Lord is basically calling on all creation to become a courtroom on which he puts Israel on trial. Mm-hmm. And in chapter 1, I mean, listen to these words. This is people who think they are doing everything according to truth. for the sa- and And for that sake, they've just abandoned actually worshiping Jesus from a pure and right heart. And this is what he says. The Lord says in verse 12 of chapter one, when you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts, bring no more vain offerings and incense is an abomination to me, new moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly, your new moons and your appointed feasts. My soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. And then the Lord becomes the solution for Israel. He says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And so you have this on the other end that you're talking about, Bobby, these people so tied to tradition that they've completely abandoned a heart that is made right because of who God is and what he's done. And so they're worshiping solely on, well, I would put truth in quotes because it's not even really truth. And, and I've seen this and experienced this in my own life. Sometimes you can be so rigid in your tradition of worship, especially corporate worship that you just kind of, you kind of box God in, in a way it's just this way we do it this way. And it can't be, you know, there's no, uh, really leading of the Holy spirit because we've just done this. It's, Mm -hmm. we do it this way and we become so, Scheduled, scheduled, it's like God can only be worshipped if we design it this way. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary place to be. Yeah, that, I, that's exactly what I was going to say is, you know, it's the unfortunate part is you're reading from Old Testament scripture, but we see that today in churches oh, yeah. all over the place yeah. that, that the tradition is what's worshipped. And we talked about on the last episode that it, it actually goes outside of the walls. Worship, the warfare goes outside of the walls, and we challenge mm-hmm. you to take it outside of the walls. And so... 
you know, that's that's our goal here today is not only saying like we did on last week's episode, but this week's episode, do it in spirit and truth as you go outside of the walls. Yeah, I, um, God cares about how we worship him. I mean, it's it's throughout the Bible. Uh, for just an example from the Old Testament, um, when they dab in Abihu. Abihu, thank you. <laughs> Bless you. Um, <laughs> were killed for bringing strange fire to the altar. They, uh, God killed them. Uh, that was the sons of Aaron. Uh, they were priests. And um, an example of the New Testament, uh, two examples, spirit and truth, what we're talking about right now, worshiping the Lord in spirit and truth, and they're, uh, just taking communion. Um, we, uh, there's an order in, what we, in the way we do that. That is uh, God's order. That's how God wants us to do that um god uh, uh takes uh, is he cares like i said about how we worship him well yeah and i, and I, I think of two <laughs> two examples from both testaments as well i think of malachi where where god says literally just shut the gates just stop worshiping me like the jews were literally bringing him all their maimed and discolored and like wounded sheep as an offering and he said okay if you think this is what i'm worth just shut the gates i don't want your i don't want your any of your (laughs) gifts to me because they're a blasphemy and 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 again then when we switch into the new testament and think of ananias and sapphira right uh oh god doesn't do anything mean he's all of grace in the in the new testament no he cares about his glory as well they lied to the holy spirit and they laid their dead because of their lies. So there must be truth. We think of um, the scriptures, of course, that I think that lead us in truth. And we think of, you know, 2 Timothy 3, you know, that you read in our last episode, G. You know, we must have truth to worship in truth. Well, where do we get truth? We get truth from the word. And, and it goes back and forth to that battle. And, and so much of the Christian life is like this. I know you guys know it's got to be balanced. You know, like I know so many charismatic folks who would call it a pharisaical spirit if you try to add too much truth to the emotion, you know. And then again, yeah, we've been to churches that are so dead that that are totally ignoring and what God has proclaimed here. He shut the gates. The spirit's not there because they feel like they're so heady and knowledgeable that God can't even act within their parameters. Well, he doesn't want to because they're not his. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not negotiating his glory with us or how we do things. He's telling us how it must be done and we must follow him. Do it, doing this in a right place is, is not only humbling, but could be kind of scary. Do you agree with that? I mean, sure. uh, mm-hmm. like you were saying just a minute ago, Aaron, like with, we see Jesus chastising for the ones who we would put in quotes, worshiping in truth, the scribes and the Pharisees. But it, just as you said, if, if we do the flip side of that, and you know we're we're running on pure emotion. That's 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 false and worthless too. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. it is a balance. But you know if we dig into the spirit and truth, that's going to reveal some things that maybe uh, we're not comfortable with. It it will <laughs> challenge our traditions. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And this is why it's so important for us as as our local church. You know we we want to say. What is true? And just as Pastor Aaron was saying, well, according to what's true, we look to the Bible. You know, we don't we don't need uh, validation from 
what person said it or what person didn't. We look to, does scripture say that? Does God say that? Yes. And then we're going to proclaim that if that's the truth, uh, because it's what God says. And then we also always, we're always conscious of, are we trusting the Holy Spirit to lead us? Um, and we trust that the Holy Spirit's always going to point us to the word of God, to the person of Jesus Christ for his exaltation among our body. And so that's what we're always looking for is, uh, are we doing that well? And there's a lot of ways. And I think there's room for people to understand how exactly that may work in a specific local body. Now we have certain parameters that God has given as G mentioned. I mean, look to first Corinthians 12, like that church is crazy, you know, and Paul's going, okay, we got to make sure that we understand this, Mm. you know, what the spirit is doing and he is doing amazing things he is doing for the equipping of the body for the work that Christ has given for the church to do. And so that's what we're always looking to. And that, that can come out in many facets. And, you know, we, we fought those battles here, sometimes still fighting them, but um, it's something that, that we are constantly having to think about and pray about. Amen. I mean, I mean, I've, I can take the privilege in the room here with the elders, you guys don't have to say it, but as someone who's not, uh, I think that here at Eden Chapel and our members, if you're listening or if you're trying to discover a place, I think that we do a really good job of worshiping in spirit and truth in the best way that we can. And just, you know, on a personal level, I'm grateful for the leadership here to do that. Um, but like you said, that it's not always the easiest thing and it's not something that we're going to say we're perfect at every time um but but here at Eden Chapel that's what we strive to do you know we're not we're not going to really be people who beat the drum on style you know we try to be tasteful because we believe scripture says things should be done in order but our heart goes with our head you know and i don't think we should be dead and wooden at the same time i know you know as Johnny was kind of alluding to there there's so many facets that make it difficult as far as um you know, I think we make it difficult and, and it doesn't have to be as bad. You know, there, there's a lot of question is um, when we look at, at our time and our day, we see so many, so many songs that are absolute fire written by people from churches that are less than desirable, that would not line up with our beliefs, um, who proclaim Christ, who say they trust in Christ and his grace alone. But they have a lot of these weird quirks that, that uh, you know, would not lead to exact, um, you know, fellowship with those people. But yet they're writing songs. And I think Johnny's mentioned this before. Um, I want to give him credit in case he doesn't mention it. But it seems like most of those people use society to write the sermons, but yet they use the Bible to write their songs. You know, that's why they're so beautifully inconsistent. And so we have some people saying, well, how dare you sing a church song from Hillsong or Bethel or from Elevation and Furtick when they're false teachers, when they've got all these issues with them? Well, what we see is that's a very slippery slope. Um, What we would rather say is, is what the song is proclaiming truth because all truth is God's truth, right? They may be singing it. They may not know it. They may be writing it. But the fact of the matter is, that's God's. That's not theirs. God owns that. And so what we would rather say is, because it is a slippery slope, 
we need to look at the words of the song because we can go back and we can give example after example after example. Come thou fount, dude left the faith. Do we love that song? Yes, we can sing it anywhere. Some of the most staunch, um, most dry, <laughs> but loving of the truth, reform folks will sing that. They'll sing it as well. The dude was a legit heretic. But we, it's literally my favorite song. I'm not going to not sing it because of who wrote it. I'm going to sing it because the truths proclaimed in the song are true. And so this is kind of how we operate. Do you want to well, go back? I would to say, look, not every song that those churches might put out, we're going to sing. They're, we, we carefully look well. at them. Amen. Yeah. You know, we, we say, is it biblical? Is it theologically correct? Like, you know, we believe in what we believe doctrinally. So we're not going to sing a song that would go against that. Um, is it going to equip and edify our body? We think about those things at the same time. There's some hymns that I would not sing in this church. I've opened the hymnal before and been like, what is that talking about? (laughs) How does that edify us? How does that glorify God? And so, uh, they're equally on that track as well. When we think about singing, we have to balance that again. Once again, I just try to look at whatever we are singing, teaching, whatever it might be with an open Bible, as I encourage everyone to do when they're listening to me preach, make sure your Bible's open because you know what? I'm flawed and I might say something that's just flat out wrong. I pray you call me on it. Uh, and it's, we, we, we decide to judge that way as well. And we're thinking about how we corporately gather and corporately worship. Is it true? Will it glorify God? Will it equip our body? If those things check out, we sing it. Yeah, and, and we were talking in the prep, and I think that might be where somebody's going in just a second. Uh, when we go back to what G was talking about earlier, I think it was you reading about the Samaritan woman. Like, you know, we, we first off, she was a Samaritan woman, right? We discussed yeah. that, that Jesus went up to and spoke to. And then, you know, what did she do? She turned around and, and proclaimed Jesus. You know, that's part of that slippery slope, too. We start doing what, you know, holy people do, and we start ranking people's sins and stuff like that. And that's a whole nother issue. Yeah, is her proclamation invalid because of who she was or what she was doing? Mm, yeah. I hope. Yeah. I the hope. other example, the tax collector, right? Yeah. Absolutely yeah. a traitor to his own people, mm-hmm. making money off of their hardship and their slavery to another nation. Yeah. Like, does it get any more shady than either of those? Either of those, but is God able to draw a straight line with the crooked stick? Yes, and amen. Praise or we wouldn't be here today. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hey man, I I have to confess, I at one time. Uh, uh, Good for the soul, G. Yeah, <laughs> I I thought uh, that the way Aaron was uh, speaking earlier that um, if someone had left the church or someone was a heretic, uh, that their song should not be sung anymore at church. Um, but I went to my brothers and. Um, and talked about it and and it clicked in my mind like I, I knew um first of all is this song glorifying god is this song scriptural is this song um is this song truth is this song speaking truth and and then on top of that um these were written by people who are fallible um me too i'm fallible um and and like johnny said just a minute ago if I ever have the opportunity to preach, um, please have your Bibles open and, and call me out if you need to, if I say something wrong, because um, I'm fallible too. Uh, but if, if these songs are uh, 
basically preaching truth to us. Uh, they're glorifying God. Uh, and then they're, you know, absolutely okay for us to sing. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it uh, in service the other day when you were um, praying over the teachers and use us despite us, right? Use me despite me. I mean, geez, I, every time I'm on stage singing, I play the wrong chord and I, you know, voice crack and everything else. But, you know, despite our flaws, and, and um, I'm sure you guys would say this when you're preaching and you already have, despite our flaws, Christ is still able to do that. If we can't proclaim that, then we're putting him in a box and we're saying he's not who he says he is. We're adding works to a standard that we can't reach. You know, we just can't reach perfectionism. Yeah. In regards to to this exact thing that we're talking about, you know, when we think about singing, but also, I mean, when we're thinking about uh, truth claims, well, if, if I'm engaging like an atheist about with the gospel of Jesus and they make a truth claim, that that is true. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stay away from that truth claim because an atheist said it. I'm actually going to use that for the basis by which to call them to Christ. Amen. You know why that's true? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it can be the same thing with these places that we wouldn't agree with, that we wouldn't align with. Um, like, a, like, especially like Bethel, uh, I think of that like, okay, well let's call them to the truth that they're claiming in this song. You know, <laughs> like if it's God is the one who saves, God's the one who's at work. God's the one who's doing this mighty work of salvation. Let that be that that true claim be what calls God's people to be what the standard by which they operate. And so we're not going to disregard any truth that anyone says just because of the person or organization or whatever it might be that that claims that truth. Right. <laughs> it's God's truth. Amen. And, and, I, and so as we kind of start heading towards the end of this episode, um, we the last week we talked about uh, worship as warfare. This week, worship in spirit and truth, and we we decided that yes, these these have to go together. Um, you, you, we can't have true worship as one without the other. There's not the word or is not there. It's and. And so, um, gentlemen, if you don't care just to kind of chime in one last round uh, to encourage our listeners, our members, those listening across wherever they are. Um, to worship in spirit and truth outside of the walls of their corporate worship area. Um, just give them something to kind of take with them uh, that, that wraps up today's episode. Truth matters so much. What, what we believe is, is very important. We talked about this in Theology Matters. What we believe is definitely necessary to how we worship. Uh, but the Holy Spirit making us alive I mean, to be alive means to feel and love and care and be heartbroken. And so read the songs, sing, sing, sing the Psalms and sing whatever might come to mind that is true about who Jesus is and what he has done. And that's worship is not meant to be done, you know, only with our head. It's meant to be done with our heart and then to overflow into what we do with our hands. And so as we as we worship together, as we worship when we're alone uh, with our families, worship in spirit, meaning God's brought you to life and the Holy Spirit's pointing you to Jesus, telling you truth about Jesus, convicting you of sin. Be heartbroken over your sin. Be convicted of it. Repent and turn to Jesus every day. Trust him. Be thankful that the God of the universe would save you. And if you, as Aaron said a few weeks ago in his sermon, if you can say Jesus died, for your sins on the cross in your place and not be moved by that truth, 
then let's ask an honest question. Have I been made alive by the Holy Spirit of God? Mm-hmm. And so emotion is important, but emotion that's not tied to truth is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, and truth, quote unquote, without affecting anything is useless. Mm-hmm. If, if what I believe doesn't affect how I feel and then in turn how I act, then, then that worship will, will not, it will not be beneficial for the people around us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, I just uh, want to reiterate what, what Johnny said, just, you know, uh, to worship in spirit and the truth, uh, the first thing is, are you born again? Um, are you truly born again? And as Johnny said, um, what Aaron had said, this, if you can say that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and you're not truly moved by that, then I would say examine yourself. Um, are you truly a believer in Jesus Christ? And also, you know, in truth, you know, what does God's word say? Uh, what is the truth? Amen. Amen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, there's really not much more to be said at this point. You guys laid it out beautifully. Um, if you're cold, if you're cold to the things of God, ask God to search your heart. Yeah. Just like the psalmist. Um, be, be brave enough to ask him to show you your heart. And when he does, repent and believe. Um, turn from your sin and be led by the truth of Scripture. It's so, it's so easy to be lazy in our time and to deny the very thing that God has given us to lead and guide us. But don't, don't neglect the Scriptures. Stay in them, live in them, understand that your life revolves around them, and then truly and boldly walk in them. Yeah, and uh, one more thing that I, I thought of as Aaron was talking about when we when we ask God to search our heart, while that's so beautiful for a believer, is what the truth of John four, this Samaritan woman who had five husbands, living with a man not her husband, Jesus reveals the, these truths about it, and how does she handle that? She isn't mad that Jesus revealed them. She goes rejoicing to her neighbors that she's found the Christ because He told me all that I ever did. And that's the beauty of who we have in Jesus is he can search our heart. Thank God that he does reveals our sin, but doesn't just leave us there. He brings us out of the pit and to himself. And so we can rejoice going, I have a God who can tell me everything I've ever done, but he's so gracious and kind to bring me out of that and to himself. It's well, praise God that your past doesn't negate God's ability to use you. Yeah. You know, Amen. thank God or no, none of us would be here at all, but God, <laughs> Amen. and that that's worship and spirit and truth is to know that Jesus has done that amazing, amazing work. Amen. Well, I hope uh, you all were encouraged and challenged in this two part episode on worship. First off again, uh, worship as warfare, and then um, today, worship in spirit and truth. Uh, so, uh, we again, we hope you enjoy that. Gentlemen, thank you for a uh, frank discussion and, and a good time today uh, just diving into God's Word and, and as it pertains to worship. Um, and so, with that, Pastor Gary, will you close us in prayer? Sure. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day, God. I thank you so much for my brothers, Lord, and for their heart's desire to worship and glorify you, God. What a blessing it is for me to be a part of that, Lord. Lord, I thank you for our church. I thank you for the for the love that we have with one another, for the sweet fellowship we have um, when we are together, Lord. It is so such a blessing um, to me and to my family and to, uh, to those at church, Lord. It's just uh, 
uh, encouraging um, to know that others love you uh, just as I do, Lord. And I, I, I Lord, I want to uh, thank you for the uh, truth being spoken here tonight, Lord, that we were just able to open up your word and uh, and in spirit and truth, Lord, be able to worship you. Lord, I, I pray that um, as we uh, go through uh, throughout our week, Lord, that we, uh, we are able to encourage others and we're able to uh, proclaim your word we're able to uh, shine the light lord in dark places lord and uh, and lord i want to most of all thank you for your son our lord and savior jesus christ by his death lord we have redemption through his blood lord and and we are justified now not by anything we, we've done but by what you've done on the cross lord and that by faith faith alone in christ alone by grace alone we we have uh, we we are we we now can be born again lord <clears throat> by repenting and believing in you lord i thank you for this time i thank you for these men and i thank you for uh for for your word in your name we pray amen Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.